When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Doing well on a Monday. Many of you, if you're listening, you might be listening on your day off. A lot of people have the day off. Good for you guys. (laughs) Uh, If you're watching on War Chant TV, thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe to War Chant TV. Helps others find the video, expands what we're able to do for you. We got some good things coming. We had a team meeting this morning, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, what's to come here in the very near future. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Busy show today, right? With all that's going on. I don't, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, with softball, obviously, they've been wildly consistent for a long time, so I can't really put them in the same category, but I was just thinking to myself, we had a combination of things that led to uh, real, uh, I think, revitalization, rejuvenation, excitement about the uh, the teams on the diamond, both of them. As um, it was a good weekend, a very productive weekend. My mind was kind of, and my my viewing habits were locked in to uh, softball and to baseball. Uh, I did, by the way, will note. Can't ignore this. Florida State fought in that game at Cameron. They did. They fought. They tried. They uh, aren't good enough, obviously, uh, and were and have been absolutely decimated. Uh, but I was curious. I thought when we tuned in, I thought the key, I was sort of a, of the mindset, like, all right, do we care? Uh, are we going to you know, put up a fight, unlike what we saw there uh, in Chapel Hill, which was no fight at all uh, and, and a lot of frustration, and uh, it left us uh, sort of bereft of hope, as I'm fond of saying. This didn't do that. This, this kind of played out um, predictably in the sense that Florida State did care, and they were able to score. They did a good job. I mean, 52-41 and a half, I thought they were fighting their ass off. They were, and, yeah. and listen, you know, we'll give up a lot of open threes, and we've done that a lot this year, but I thought Duke had to work for a lot of those buckets, especially in the first half. Had to get to some difficult spots. Some of the angles they created uh, were because we forced them into weird places on the court, but they finished because they've got the horses to do that. You know, there are some opponents that if we force them in a half court to make offensive plays like we did Duke, we, we're probably ahead by a healthy margin at the break, but that's just a really talented team, and we didn't have our best players out there. But it was also great to see, because I've been on the guy, 
Jalen Worley plays so well. That's really good for his future. 15 points, 6 of 10 shooting, made shots, looked confident, played with confidence, clean, clearly had been you know, green-lighted, uh, and, and he played well. Matthew Cleveland played really well, 7 of 13 from the field. I mean, a lot of times when you see him get his points, the, the, the box score isn't really, isn't really pretty. Uh, from a shooting percentage standpoint. But it, it, you know, a couple games in a row now, really, he's been pretty good. Cameron Fletcher, your guy who we're relying upon at some point to be um, you know, a viable starter and a scorer and all that. He had another a pretty good game uh, again. And, um, you know, I, I just they, – they weren't – let's just put it this way. They were unwatchable previous. This group was not unwatchable. They played. They cared. They played hard. They gave themselves – uh, an opportunity to make it interesting into the second half. I know it's a moral victory. I know we roll our eyes at those. But sometimes, if you're pragmatic, if you're a realist, you know that when you roll into this game and you're missing uh, four starters or thereabouts, guys that are certainly contributors at the very least, you're not going to win the game. And and even if you had those guys on the road at that place, you're not the better team. So without them, you didn't expect to win. But you do expect to fight. And you do expect there to be intensity with the way you play. They, you do expect them to care, and they did this game without question. Yeah, the baseline of this particular defense for this group this year, whether the five starters are out there or not, is lower. We're not as good defensively as we have been in, in seasons past. So I get it. You know, you, you could laugh and say, well, that's great, Tom, that they got to difficult places on the court. They scored 50 and a half in college <laughs> basketball. Well, but remember what we're dealing with here, which is lesser players in, in terms of overall uh, both sides of the court ability, yeah. especially as thin as this roster is right now. I will say, though, it seemed like they like playing basketball with each other a little bit more. I don't know if that's an addition by mm-hmm. subtraction thing or what, but it looks like that group likes playing with one another, so that's going to be important moving forward. I-, I wasn't kidding when I said a few weeks ago that this is about uh, the development of some of the players that this season is, unless we have a magical week in Brooklyn, yeah. this yeah. season's about development. Well, for Worley specifically, whether it was the perimeter shot Dribble drive, going left, going right. Some of the passes he made underneath the he, basket. He looked some... like the guy that was ranked the where he was yes. in recruiting. Finally so. I was like, yes. well, you know, I mean, I'm not following these kids in AAU ball. I'm following who we are recruiting, and then I'll look up where they're positioned or, well, you know, their games. I'll look up what their games are. So I'll try to put the bigger pieces of the puzzle together by saying, okay, you're recruiting this guy because he does this really well. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a pure shooter, or this guy's a slasher, or this guy's a ball handler, or this guy is a big. And I'll look at how he's trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But when you see a guy is rated as highly as Worley was coming in, you're like, okay, at some point I need to see why that was. I hadn't yet this year. This game is the first game where you went, Oh, there it is. There it is. So you're right. That was That's a big damn deal. Makes uh, me feel a lot better about next year. Well, there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and next year. Yeah. I mean, we're all but done talking about basketball right now. I mean, we're making this – other than the tournament, I mean, we'll look big picture because I talk about national stuff as well as Florida State-specific uh, stuff. But, I mean, this basketball team's not going anywhere. We know that. It's over. This season, it didn't work out uh, for a myriad reasons. But that said – uh, you know, we've got a couple games to play yet, and plus the magical run they're going to go on in That's Brooklyn. That's right, yeah. yeah. Back to uh, Florida State on the diamond, where I think really all the excitement is derived from. I have been told this entire offseason, and I'm going to get to softball in a second, they stay undefeated 10-0 and after the walk-off there. Kaylee Harding with the first pitch, ambush, suck it, get you some with the lace double, beautiful thing. Uh, I'll get I'll get back to them because they're always good and this year's no exception. And again, when you think about what they've done, and, and while I'm on softball, real quick, 
you know, when you beat uh, uh, when you beat the teams that Florida State did, five teams in that Elite Invitational. Hey, answer me this: Is it the ESPN Elite Invitational or is it the St. Pete Clearwater Invitational? Ah, well, it's the St. Pete Clearwater Invitational, which is an ESPN event. Okay. Because I call it the St. Pete Clearwater Invitational. As you should. It's McMullen Booth Road. It's, it's where we're McMullen from, Booth basically. Road. That's what I do. You know, that's what I'm not calling it the ESPN Elite Invitational, that's, although that's fine. Coachman Lakes, where I grew yeah. up. It's a five-minute bike ride from Coachman Lakes over to that uh, complex. The point I would make is that when you uh, – and by the way, UCLA is about tired of seeing the Garnet and Gold. They lose to us yet again. Uh, that's what they do. Uh, Heartbreaking fashion. Well, it's funny. They're 3-11 and against Lonnie Alameda. Uh, so since she's arrived here, UCLA is just like, well, Jesus, we got to play Florida State again. Tired of this. I'm also tired of UCLA being ranked ahead of Florida State when they shouldn't be. Well, that had to have changed today, I imagine, unless the polling comes out on Tuesday due to President's Day. I don't know. You allowed to do the coaches poll thing when we're talking about softball? Probably not. Is there a coaches poll? I don't think so. I don't think so. But anyhow, when you stay undefeated and you beat five teams, all of whom are ranked, UCLA, Texas, Tennessee, Michigan, UCF, yeah, yeah, that's you've earned your undefeated status. It's not a bunch of also-ran sorry asses that you're just whooping up on. You're beating ranked teams. Good on them. Back to baseball. So all offseason, and I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with me. I thought he was very good, uh, very candid, as he usually is. I thought it was an enjoyable conversation. Um, I almost hesitate to call it an interview. It was just a long conversation. And if you missed that, go to Warchant.com. You can find it listed there. Go to the Warchant TV uh, YouTube channel and watch that interview because I thought he did a good job of vetting the team and talking about wh- what he expects and you know areas of strength and weakness and everything else, but also just a, a collective mindset. And that was on display this weekend. About He mentioned the clubhouse in my interview. And then you go watch those games, you watch this team, you see the way they interact with each other. I know that's not the same as breaking down baseball, that it's, it's sort of this nebulous thing, like, oh, they like each other. Well, great. There have been teams that hated each other and won a lot of games. That's true, too. I get it. But I certainly think that in college baseball, it's a bigger deal than it is in pro baseball. Pro baseball, I can be the first baseman and can't stand the second baseman, and I'm being paid to do a job, and I'm going to show up and do it, and it's 162 games, and I'm just going to assume he's going to do the same. And we won't have a problem with each other so long as I know you're working hard to do the best you can possibly do. We may not go hang out. We may not like talk about the same sorts of things or be interested in the same sorts of things, but we can win. And college baseball is a little different. I always say this about college players in every sport. More subject to the whims of emotion, and you need that group to be close-knit, I think. I think it's helpful, and I think it's also on display there. They're almost obnoxious. and Maybe not even almost. They are obnoxious. Yeah, they yeah are certainly obnoxious. not almost anybody who's sitting uh, yeah. at the other dugout. No, yeah. no, they're obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, but obnoxious in a come-get-you-some-here's-some-what-for sort of way. And I tell you, that excites me because you know what it is? And this is a compliment. It may not sound like it. I don't know if that I set it up to be, but it is. They are a reflection of their head coach. This looks like the first team that is Mike Martin Jr.'s team. Are you calling me obnoxious? I'm saying he's a red ass. I'm saying he's a red ass. And I think he would agree with that. He's a little old school in that way. Oh, he would totally agree with well, that. Well, we got into an argument on the air together. I mean, yes. That was a fun day. That was <laughs> on my side of the glass. But yeah. Woo! 
Well, yeah, yeah it got a little testy. spicy. Got a little testy. I had my finger on the dump button You're just like, in case oh, it got it's personal. Is <laughs> it going to get personal? It here. didn't get personal. Uh, it didn't get it didn't get personal. But they he wants to play with an edge, and here's why I bring this up. There's no denying or getting around or ignoring the huge amount of successful seasons, the successes uh, on the whole. There you go. Got it in there. Worked it in. Uh, (laughs) Of 11 and the legacy that he was able to carve out here at Florida State. It's the reason we care about Florida State baseball uh, for the most part. But I did think that there have been teams and there have been years, seasons, specific seasons, where we could have used a little edge to us. We could have used a little nastiness to us. I think his efforts to to keep it classy and to make sure um, that you know his guys adhere to the both the rules and the unwritten rules of the game, the right way to play the game. Sometimes I thought made us a little stuffy, a little too pent up, a little too um, square, for lack of a better term. And opposing teams, Tom, would, would chat at us, chat at us. College baseball players are very chatty, very, very flamboyant. Yeah, I remember the UCF teams from a, about eight, ten years ago. I'm like, get your bitch out. Yeah, it used to drive yeah. me nuts. I would throw at somebody if we were doing this, but that, that's me. I also think it's meat. But the funny thing is, with Eleven, those dugouts were just as colorful with with his own comments. Okay? Oh, if you're ever in the camera own, well, his, yeah. if you're ever in the camera well for whatever person, and sometimes on opening day I would sneak down there back in the day. You know what? I would blush. Like, oh man, oh, I've yeah, heard yeah. a lot of things within but, the clubhouse, yeah. right? But it wasn't. Um, it wasn't over the. Wasn't over the railing of the dugout. It no. was usually echoing within the dugout. But man, over the years we played some Clemson teams, a couple of Georgia Tech teams that I recall that were really mouthy, that were really on top of you. Like they, any failure in ga- baseball is a game of failure. It's hard. To do anything right in baseball is really difficult. And, man, there are so many opportunities to chide, so many opportunities to show up. And teams would do that to us, and we'd take it. We'd walk very quietly back to the dugout while their pitcher, pitchers, you know, doing backflips after striking you out in the second of a 1-1 ball game. And I would be like, okay. Like cheerleaders in a free throw. Yeah, it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. Um, But I always wanted to give it back, especially if you had the kind of guys that could back it up, that had electric, you know, in this case, electric stuff, right? If you could shove, as the parlance goes in baseball as a pitcher, and every now and again, especially in a – High leverage situation. Hey, we're on the edge on a President's Day today, aren't we? If you're able to get that strikeout when it matters most, bases full, you know, tie ball game, one run game, whatever it might be, their best hitter up, you freeze them, and you want to show a little of emotion, a little emotion, do it. You come up with that big hit and slide into second, bases clearing double, and you want to pop up and give it a little what for at your dugout, at your dugout. I'm all for that, and maybe you look at the, at the guy you hit it off of. I, that's fine, too, because in college baseball, it goes on everywhere. Like, decorum in baseball is out the damn door. It doesn't exist in college baseball. We used to laugh about it. It was one of the things that we would talk about. Like, if you did that in the pros, well, it's not the pros. 
If you did that in the pros, you'd get hit in the neck your next time up. You would get hit in the neck, and you'd deserve it, and it's a different deal altogether. I told you when I was a student, first interning 13 yeah, years ago. You were now. like, what like, is this? this? Is, well, this is my number one problem with the sport. Everything has to be a curtain call? Like, everything. Really. Mm-hmm. A two-run signal. You know, you get down yeah. in the dugout, you're changing uniforms for the half inning, you got to come out for a curtain call? Yeah. Like, what, what the hell yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah. And I already knew about FSU baseball. I watched it in the 90s. It was on Sun- Sunshine Network all the time. Yes, yes. So I was very well acquainted with it, but it just – when you get in the building and you see it, you go, "This isn't this isn't right." But then once you figure it out and understand it's you just a different sport, it. it's a different, different sport. sport. Yeah, then it becomes okay. And I got to tell you, I watched one of the recap videos uh, on Friday night. It was Messick getting interviewed, and uh, he's not afraid to tell you about it. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And and it's being set up. Lane is looking at the camera and he's talking. And as he's talking about the win, Messick is just nodding. Like it's almost like a wrestling promo. Like, let's go. He's yeah. like nodding and he's looking right at the camera. I'm like, oh my man, he does. That is probably an hour and a half, two hours after he's done. Yeah, and Messick, he's still fired up. He locks in. And he's got filthy stuff. He's very competitive. Hubbard is awesome. Maybe even more electric. Oh, he's got he, more I mean, bravado. You know, he does have more bravado, and he's weird on the mound, and that he's so twitchy and. He's got this weird routine that just makes you, I can only imagine how uneasy you'd be in the box. I wouldn't want to hit, hit off of him. He's he's nasty. And he's not afraid to throw up and in on lefties. There's some left-on-left crime going out there this weekend. My God. I mean, to be as heralded as JMU's uh, player out in center is, um, he looked like an idiot all weekend long. I mean, he could not make contact with the baseball. I remember thinking, well, all right, so if that dude's a top-five prospect, one thing we know, he can't hit lefties. That's for sure. I mean, better not. <laughs> don't run him out there just yet against a lefty because that was hideous. Uh, let's go through this very quickly while I can. Actually, let's wait. Let's save it because there are some really impressive numbers and, and reasons to be excited. I don't want to overstate it. It's a weekend series against the team you should beat, and you did. But, but it's baseball. You can lose to anybody, too, in baseball. We know that. We had a game tomorrow against Jacksonville. Matt Millar somewhere scared to death. Florida uh, lost two or three down in Gainesville yeah, this they, weekend. Well, oh, at home? Who they lose to? I uh, forget. I it might have been Liberty, and if it's Liberty, they're, they're pretty good. But doesn't matter. Losing two out of three at home to Liberty, are we? That's where they are. Mm. Well, anyhow. They're not 3-0 and like we no, are. No, they're not. 3-0 and with the dominating performance and a whole lot more bat-to-ball, baby. That's what I said. That's what I wanted to see. Oh, and 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 they picked it up. They picked it up. Bat to ball, picked it up. Did things right. That I wouldn't have put out into the air. The bat to ball, fine, but the other part of it, that's uh. What you you you, you nervous? I jinxed him. Maybe. <laughs> I'll get to those numbers momentarily. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Sticks. Legacy continues. JY, Tommy, Chuck, Todd, Lawrence, Ricky, and Will. Sticks. February 22nd, 2022. Donald L. Tucker Civic Center. Sticks. With one hit song after another. Tickets on sale now at TuckerCivicCenter.com. Don't miss Sticks live. Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. I, uh, it's that good time of year, man. I'm, I'm starting to get locked in a little bit on the NCAA, soon to be 
March Madness, NCAA tournament. Getting a little locked in on where the values are. Tom should have a video up this week for the College Sportsbook on uh, maybe some pre-tournament values because you can get some right now. Is it uh, Creighton by chance? Well, you know I've been all over Creighton. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of success with Creighton. Uh, but no, that's not where I was leaning. I was looking at some other numbers. Well, you know, early on, like this should be the year that Gonzaga wins. I mean, they're, they're loaded. And if you look at the numbers, uh, if you're, if you're going to look at like, it depends on what you want to look at, but there's no shortage of numbers to look at. Let's just start with something like offensive and defensive efficiency, right? They're top 30 in both categories. Whereas Purdue, for example, whom we saw, you know, unfortunately, uh, in elite offense, arguably the number one offense in college basketball, suck on the defensive end. They have these terrible lapses, and it makes zero sense given their physical tools. So they're ripe for an upset because I've often said before, if you can't defend, you can lose to anybody. Doesn't matter how talented you are at putting the ball in the basket. So, you know, maybe maybe I would fade Purdue in the tournament, whereas I'm not going to fade Gonzaga, but there's no what's the value in Gonzaga, right? Well, right now you get them to win the whole thing at plus 400, 450. It was at plus 600, 650 a week ago. It's starting to drop because people really realize the difference between them and a whole lot of other teams. But then you're looking for those other teams, like teams that have good years that are surprising from a lesser tier conference because the college basketball scene is pretty jumbled right now. It's not like, I mean, for example, the ACC is not any good. So normally you would see them as a power league that would have several teams that are better than all those middle teams that you kind of tend to overlook. But that's not really true right now. And that's not true of a lot of the leagues. You know, it's like, I think uh, there's value on an Illinois, for example, who's got real upside because when they're really good, they're really good, but they're wildly inconsistent too. So it's fun. You're starting to kind of, all right, let's get our let's get our stuff together. Let's get focused. A, a team that I've done well with this year, Arizona. You know, I've done really well anytime I profile Arizona. Well, I like Arizona. You can get them. There's pretty good value on Arizona. So it's going to be fun. We've got time. we got time. I'm glad you're locked in. That's good. Well, I'm going to help you out, buddy. Yeah, we will. We'll do right. our brackets together. We'll sit down. Oh no, Tom, they're not any good at all. That's right. I'll stay on the rink over here. <laughs> uh, back to baseball. We were talking about it before the break. There, uh, top hitters. If you looked at uh, some of the numbers over the weekend for Florida State, well, first of all, the top four in the lineup. I know you guys saw this stat if you went to Warchant.com and read the baseball write-up of the weekend, but they were nine for fourteen on Sunday with three doubles, a home run, and seven runs scored. That that'll do some things for you. Um, if you look at also guys you wanted to see to see if they were healthy, to see if they were right, uh, it's good to see, for example, 40-year-old Reese Albert out there looking spry again, right? Good for you, Reese Albert. Year nine in the program is going to be your year, your season. But in all seriousness, this guy has been beset by injury. When he was healthy, he was a good player. Then he wasn't healthy, like ever. And it was painful to watch. Well, I mean, yeah, I know it's one series, but talk about feeling comfortable. Gets to hit leadoff, seven of nine, six runs, two RBIs, three doubles, never struck out, played great defense. Okay, there we go. There's a guy. That's good to see. Um, and I think for Florida State, if you're going to go through, uh, you know, listen, bringing in uh, Alex Torral, I mean, he is a beast. Yeah, that's a that's big That's real dude. power. That's a big dude. Five RBIs on Saturday. Uh, drove in Albert with a uh, line shot over the center fielder's head. Uh, was it yesterday? So he's, what has he got? I think he had, for the opening weekend, I think he had three doubles. I know he had a grand slam. Yeah, the grand slam. He had yeah. the grand slam, but he had three doubles to go with it. Um, that wasn't even close. 
That Grand Slam was. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's a monster, but this yep. weekend, the reason I love him is that, obviously, he's going to tear up that short porch and right, but he hit the ball dead center off the wall, hit the ball to left center off the wall. I'm like, okay. Well, the difference makers, and, and I know this just from watching a lot of the pro game, too, because college, it's tough. There are different eras. There's the metal bats, so everything is kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a trademark shot 400 feet off the scoreboard and left, at, you know, oppo because of the way the bats used to be. But those different players are the ones that look like they get it off the end of the bat or it's not squared up, right? And yet it still is in the alley, oppo. Yeah, it carries. And that's what he is showing flashes of being able to do, which is how do you defend that? How do you align in the outfield in order to account for somebody well, like no, that? You, you can't. You can't. You play him straight up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you play him straight up and hope that your uh, pitcher makes pitches. Uh, listen, I the weekend that was, they only gave up seven runs total in a three-game set. They were really uh, a bit of a, a of a mess yesterday because, unfortunately, um, you know you, you only got a couple innings out of Ross Dunn. Who, well, he, he didn't make it out of the third. So I am told, and we've seen Ross Dunn, but he's got really good stuff. That was about making your first start at Hauser with a real atmosphere. That's what that was about. You know, I think you could see it. Frustration mounted. Um, you know, near misses on three two. You're walking people. You're throwing a lot of pitches. He had good stuff early on, but then he started missing. You're putting guys on. You're trying to be a little too fine. A lot of pressure. You're nervous in the moment. You want to make a great impression. Imagine being the third left-hander to, after those first two. I mean, after Messer and Hubbard go out and strike out the world, you're, you're feeling pressure to do that. And I just think he put too much on himself. It was interesting to hear Meade afterwards kind of talk about that. Well, yeah, how it affected his mechanics yeah. and they were slower. But yeah. then also there's the pressure of what's behind you. You know, that's going to be a tough spot all year long. Got to be mentally tough to be the three on this staff because you're not going to take one of the starting two jobs, one of the top two jobs, I should say, unless there's an injury of some kind, and you've got four or five other players behind you vying to start on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there is always going to be a bit of a pressure cooker internally that's fair to say. on that yeah. Sunday start. So if you only give up seven runs in three games and four of those came yesterday and you strike out 47 hitters for JMU, <laughs> That is a whole bunch of suck it. JMU just had, oh, that's a rough weekend. And for Florida State offensively, we scored 27 runs and had 37 hits. More bat to ball, picked it up, did some things well. A couple base running gaffes. And yet, what I would argue is the at-bat that you have to see in Florida State athletics is not even on the baseball diamond. It's Michaela Edenfield. Because yeah. the prodigious home runs. That is that prodigious she, indeed. Oh, my. To center field, like, yeah. that is raw power. She could hit it, potentially, if she pulls one on the street or maybe across the street towards the parking garage. It's impossible to get to the garage over there and left. But that is easy power. It's crazy power. She's only a redshirt freshman, but six foot one in the softball world. Look out. They're good. They're good again. Really, really, really good. Fun to watch play. They have good ABs. They are um, one of the best teams in the country. And they're currently 10-0. and And they beat five different ranked teams along their way to stay that way. And um, I just think, you know, that program, it's this is how good they are. This is how good they are. They are so consistently uh, elite at this point that there's a whole lot of, okay, they're going to lose a game here or there because that's the sport. They're going to have a gaudy record. They've got 
all ACC, all American players at several spots. Can they beat Oklahoma? That's that's how good they are to where you can dismiss a better chunk of the season. And I'm not I'm not saying to do that because you have to enjoy the ride and you have to watch people get better. You have to watch teams mature. And you there's to, a lot of youth on this particular. That roster. is correct. Yeah. So you are going to watch them as they progress, but you know the potential is there for them to be elite again. They are already proving that by beating a slew of ranked teams and remaining undefeated. You knew that already. I mean, you know, I think the commentators were pointing it out yesterday. Um, that it's almost as if Florida State's in midseason form. You know, that, that was brought up more than once. Well, that was the best part of last yeah. night's game. It felt very much the part of an Oklahoma City or a Super Regional because both of the teams took it very seriously. Oh, they were you in You could it. see, by they the were way, they it. were taking pitches, working the at-bats, how long between pitches. I mean, Without there was, question. There was a lot of drama there. The crescendo of that tournament, that was, I mean, a, a rousing success. Deal. That tournament's become a big damn oh, deal. it's a huge It's a really yes. cool thing. Yeah. I love it. That sport has come the furthest in my career as a talk show host. It, it, it was a didn't matter, nothing against the people who participated in it many moons ago. It was unwatchable. I know what Dr. Joanne Graff did here. I understand the legacy and all of that. But that sport, when she was coaching, was unwatchable. It just was. Swinging bunts, a whole lot of nothing happened. It was awful to watch. It's the antithesis now. It is a lot of fun to watch. It's a power sport. It's brisk. It's athletic. It's fun. It's engaging. There's a lot of uh, athleticism that didn't exist in yesteryear. And it's uh, it's infused life in a game that I think a lot of guys, call me pig-headed or not, a lot of guys just wouldn't watch. It was like, I'm not going to watch this. The dimensions are garbage. What are we, little kids out here? I mean, it was hard to watch. And now you're like, oh, this is exciting. These girls are really talented. There's so much more to the game now than running bunts. You know, it's it's. The, the strategy of the game is better. The power in the game is infinitely superior than what it used to be. Uh, it's just it's it's played by more athletic people than ever before, and I love it. I, I do love watching it. And I think I can't think of another sport that's come further. Of some that have slid back. Outside of something that's been created out of nothing, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just that that sport in general. I remember uh, a couple friends of ours who work in the business. We you know would tip us off that the ratings were higher for softball World Series than the baseball World yeah. World Series, and mm-hmm. didn't really get it because baseball was still really really good here. We hadn't gone through a lull yet. But then once I saw the Super Regional a couple years back here the LSU against one? LSU that yeah, was played in the yeah. dead of night. Yeah, that was great. Oh my goodness, forevermore. Yeah, that was changed great. me. Well, yeah, no, it's exciting. That's all we can do. You can embrace it, be excited about it, enjoy it, and uh, I'm glad we're good at it. Just like I am, obviously. Uh, excited to see if we are back to being elite in college baseball. Because I think this team has potentially a chance to be very, 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 very good. Well, what this sets up for, though, is a springtime where if, yeah. we're, if we've got a home game on one diamond earlier in the afternoon versus later in the day on another one, you can just walk around the parking lots at Doak and campus and enjoy both awesome teams and just make a whole day of it. Mm-hmm. That's what's awesome to me. Like, the last whatever five years it's usually been kind of softball and maybe a, a weekend for baseball where there's a big game or a big opponent but if you have both the energy that you could feel it from one ballpark to the other i agree that could be a really cool feeling that i don't think we've had quite at this level so it could be a, a fun april ahead march and april get excited about it get very excited about it and um and you know of course this all marries with us we i mentioned at the outset of the show we had a staff meeting this morning and i was so excited uh, all the stuff we were talking about because 
it involved the spring game as well and spring football starting up and our coverage of that and what we're going to do with position previews and some of the things we've already done on WarChant.com that you can see the videos of. But, um, you know, the more that we have planned, the more that we're able to talk about, it saves you from the doldrums. We all got to go through the dead time. But right now, you get into, and then when you want to marry it with the professional stuff, such as the Masters coming up, and, you know, we're really into the, the tour swing now, so I, I love that. In particular, you're, in, you're on the back side now where we're, we're looking. You passed the All-Star break. They happened over the weekend for the NBA. Uh, devastating news, Chris Ball breaking his thumb out six to eight weeks. That's arguably the best team in the NBA right now. That sucks for them. Um, will that affect seeding? You start to watch the positioning there. It's going to be kind of fun. Mix in that uh, it's sounding more and more promising that spring training is going to get underway. They're going to work out a deal there. That's important. It's been pushed back some, but I think it's going to happen. I've been worried they're not going to have a season, but that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. And then, of course, as always, as we're talking about all this, then you have the unfortunate situation with Florida State basketball not being in the tournament. But we still love the tournament, and we're not far away from Selection Sunday. So there's a, a gajillion things to talk about on the Jeff Cameron Show. Uh, and, and, and you know what? We'll do just that because we all have a little role to play there, and there's real intrigue around some of these players. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Uh, I think the answer to a question we had last week, Tom, has changed for me. I think Deuce Span is the guy I'm most excited to see of the new receivers that come in um, for spring football. That is a big change. You were um, poo-pooing when he signed. Well, I didn't know enough. I'll admit it. I've since learned some things that I uh, it, that piques my interest. I, I don't think my premise was off, which was to say... A man has had a grand total of five catches in college football. That can't change. No. So if I'm telling you that there were five receptions, um, you know, coming in, uh, we're bringing in a guy that that's what he's done in college football, it's right to say, well, we'll see. But when you find out more about his level of athleticism, when you find out that he hasn't been a receiver or being dedicated to being a receiver anyhow because he, you know, wanted to be a quarterback um, – when you find that out and you find out that he's willing to commit to that work and then you couple it with the athleticism and the size, you know, that's the big thing is the size because there's no questioning. Everybody you talk to, everybody that uh, speaks of Deuce Span, they talk about his speed. They talk about his size. They talk about his athleticism. They say it's all there. All right, well, you know, you can't teach 6'4 and run as fast as he does with a, with a vertical, and if he's going to be locked into being a receiver, the, the upside potential is pretty great. Pretty great. So it doesn't mean that I think Deuce Span comes in and is instantly uh, an impact player. He might be, might be. Um, but, you know, Winston Wright's going to be that player. You know, Winston Wright comes in and is automatically uh, the most seasoned and accomplished of the receivers that we brought in. Now, that doesn't mean you're not excited to see um somebody more. I mean, Johnny Wilson could be a guy you want to see more because that size is intriguing. I mean, to be that big, if he puts it together beyond just being a blocker and can be a viable, uh, maybe in a slot sort of guy, kind of a, a pseudo tight end slash receiver. I know he's skinny, so he's not like the traditional size of a tight end. But. Yeah, the full disclosure I have about the Johnny Wilson situation would be that clearly he and Micah Pittman are friends, right? And the receiver position can be one where guys are a little bit more difficult to yeah, deal with. You know, what you think? Kind of like actors, you know, and <laughs> where's the trailer in relation to the directors uh, right, and where, right, things like right, that. Right. So when 
are they both going to be pleased if only one is is making things work and the other isn't? Like, what is that dynamic going to be like? Because I almost feel like they're a package deal, the two of them. And that's a dynamic that Coach Norvell is going to have to work through when you have four new guys. Malik McClain's still a pretty good player. And then you've got the old guard of if Keyshawn Helton's more explosive, then he needs to be on the field at some point, not not as your primary, but as one of your four or five. There's a lot of things to juggle now. It's a good problem. It's a problem we've been begging to have. But I think that's where Mike might have to earn his money a little bit on the offensive side is to manage out those personalities, especially if they're all productive. Malik McClain, 6'4". Johnny Wilson, 6'7". Mike is short, 5'11". I think. I don't have it in front of me. Um, But going back to it, Deuce Spann, who I just referenced, is 6'4", Tom. With soft hands, even in those five catches, you can see that sometimes position changes, you can tell, oh, that dude definitely hasn't played receiver before. He's got hands that look like a receiver's set six of hands. Four, Malik McClain, 6'4". So, you see where I'm going here. 6'4", 6'4", 6'7". Yeah, you're correct, 5'11", on Pittman. Yeah. 6'2". Um, if your boy Jordan Young could ever rise up and play a lick of football, he's like 6'3", 6'2". If he beats out this crop of receivers, yeah, then that is that is a LaMarcus Brutus-level turnaround to a career story in Tallahassee. But even Darian Williamson um, is, I think, 6'3", uh, or thereabouts, 6'2", 6'3". And Winston Wright's also 5'10". So yeah, he, no, he, he and Mike yeah. are vying for some of the same reps with Keyshawn, and I would think even Pokey do it. Yeah, but I'm just I'm pointing out, you have the ability to get big here. Um, you know, I mean, again, uh, if Williamson gets better, and, and then we already mentioned, I mentioned Johnny Wilson and Deuce Span, and then, of course, already Malik McLean's a 6'4 guy. Um, also, what it creates for Ja'Kai Douglas, who's moved to running back slash receiver, but primarily running back. He took the number zero from uh, Corbin. But you think about the matchups they've already shown on film that they can create for him. Well, I mean, heaven yeah. forbid you've They'll got a perimeter a receiver. Him, yeah. Right, yeah, that well, that can run a post over, over the top of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you could see how the offense might look a little bit more explosive, and you could more you could more consistently assume that it's going to be explosive. Oh yeah, no, I'm getting uh, I'm doing this thing where I work myself into a, a a frenzy here, getting excited about football, even though obviously I just laid bare everything that we can talk about on the diamond, uh, the upcoming NCAA tournament in basketball, of course, uh, the, you know the PGA Tour and the NBA and all that other stuff. But now here I am talk, talking about this group. This is the singular group. I mean, everybody, we you know. We talk about bringing in a, a you know a grad transfer at linebacker. You talk about all these things, and and it's necessary, and you're excited. But I mean, I I don't think there's any question. The receiving core is what everybody's most interested in, and we're not that far away from being able to see it. Let's get those early signs that things could be better. Well, even it's a week from tomorrow. Is you it? get you get the uh, IPF access, right, 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 to see the tour of duty, so we can just see the guys in in person. Uh, obviously, it's nothing like practice, but it's a first impression for, mm. and there are a lot of dudes to have a first impression about next week. Well, it's also fun because uh, Corey Clark has to get up at 6. <laughs> well, he has to get up before 6. Uh, we'll be over there at 6. He may just stay up at that point. It didn't bother me when I found out it was going to be at 6 o'clock. I was like, all right, well, that's fine with me. But then I thought of those that it would bother, and it did make me smile. Up and at him. I'll swing on by and get you. I'll have a donut for you, a little coffee. We can watch the sun come up together. He turned me down. So that'll just be a normal wake-up time for you. Uh, that yeah. Like with your insomnia. You don't even need to set an alarm. Like chances are. What what would that be? Odds are I get up nine out of ten days you'd be up in time to be able to get ready comfortably and go to yeah, the IPF? Yeah, yeah. I usually, like 445? I t- well, 445 is a bit much, but I tend to um, 
I'm up by five every day, usually. There are that's ex- plenty of time. You'll fly yeah, down the road. Yeah, I mean, that's nobody a, out on the road. Yeah. yeah, and I used to wear it as a badge of honor. Now I don't. I, this is what happens when you get old. Everybody does it. No big deal. So what? You get up early. Got it. I know. But I like it. I like it, and I love it when uh, when I get the opportunity. That's like the quietest part of your day ever, and you can organize your thoughts, and you can have that cup of coffee in peace. My kids are sound asleep. They they're not making noise. It's glorious. It just, I, I never understood it, you know, when I was the age of your boys. My uncle would come down, my late uncle no, he's Sean. He's up at the kitchen counter reading the paper. I mean, it's 4.15 in the morning. You see that and, light come on? Yeah, because we shared a bathroom. And it was, you know, one of those um, yeah. kind of like in a dorm. I forget what they're called. But uh, you could almost hear the light. It was so bright in that bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's 4.15 and you should... Like, oh, Uncle man. Sean, you have got to be what kidding me. What are we me. doing here? Well... When you and I roomed together in Charlotte that first time, and I got you up, I waited as long as I could for us to go get breakfast, and I think it was 7.30. Yeah, right. I was like, I waited as long as I could, Tom. Come on. <laughs> and how late were we up the night before? We were up late. Yeah. We got to buck up. No. <laughs> <laughs> the game wasn't until 8. We had no pregame responsibilities till like, 4. Got to get some food in your tummy. No. Got to get some food in your buddy. Let's Not if I keep right. sleeping, I don't. <laughs> It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around. Safety's their top priority, etc. But they don't always have your best interest at heart. At T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction, they believe in doing things the right way and the safe way. Please undergo regular safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials like becoming master metal applicators. Woohoo! I like that. It's the band. That's our, that's our offshoot of the band. Oh, I heard Master Metal Applicators are playing tonight. Club Down Under. What? Well, you know, that's really... Anyhow, sorry. Have you considered a new metal roof before? Long-lasting and durable? You're in luck. T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town, period. Call them today, 766-1340, or get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. It's the only small venue they play, just because it's their hometown. Yeah. People don't know, but that's really... Oh, man. Did you watch Jawan Howard? Uh, after the fact, after he went viral. That's the second time my man's had an issue. Come on, Jawan, get some get some rest. I can understand the Mark Turgeon issue previous. Because he's impossible. And it seems like this guy is also, I mean, you don't Calling have to stop him. Out, yeah. you don't, well, that, uh, if I he's going to play get, press, no, that's BS. I think he did press. Well, the other part of it, you heard why. 
right? He had put all of his backups in. He had his backups in for some time, um, but they had four seconds to get the ball across the line, so he wanted to reset the 10-second clock by calling timeout and doing that so that the, the backups weren't rushed to get the ball over the timeline. Yeah, well, yeah. what I'm saying, too, is, yeah. is Juwan was playing press in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let him dribble it up and, and be done with it. Yeah. But, you know, the, you can never do what he did, of course, but if you're going to get stopped and somebody puts their hands on you yeah, to stop you, yeah, yeah. you've escalated the situation. Well, but I have a, I don't know who's to blame. I'm sure he's not the only one to blame. I mean, uh, but I know that's the second such incident. He hadn't been a coach long. It's also that was very NBA fight mode. Oh like, yeah, nobody you know, really wanted to fight. There's four dudes in front of you. Then mm. you like you don't punch them. You kind of grab, smack them. I don't even know what I would call that. And then you're gone. Like after that happens, there's no accountability for it. Like that's something that I remember Mello doing way back in the day. But it's also just, I don't know, that's Michigan falling apart, man. It's just all of it. That, well, that program was the toast of college basketball when he had his opening press conference because he was moved so deeply to be a part of the program as the head man. And now look at it. Yeah. Um, that's a weird team. I, I Because I've had to pay attention to the Big Ten in particular, uh, A, it's a good league, and B, I've had to uh, obviously know about uh, – which side of the fence to lean towards on a given weekend or a week um, matchup for the college sports book. They're a weird team. I don't, I don't really mess with Michigan because they're talented enough to beat a lot of people, but they don't play that way. And so it's kind of like, I'm going to leave you alone. You bother me. You are hard to get a handle on. That's really hard. You know, we get, it's just, it's aggravating. Uh, I know at the end of the show, we do this. I am kind of curious because I've, I've did the once over the gleaning, if you will. Um, by the way, we got a good game tonight, Arizona State and UCLA, uh, which is it's a good if you're going to be up late. It's a good West Coast game. Uh, what do you think, NHL? Real quick, uh, where we're at here, two, three, give me two, three best bets right now. If you had to pick oh, the best team I, I to, win, to win the cup, you get, to win the cup, win the cup. Not not a game, not a bet. Uh, a, a, Florida, yeah. Tampa, Carolina, yeah. yeah. You believe in Carolina? I do. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe in their goaltending, but no. I, I believe in in the way they play the game the way that you need to play the game in order to okay. you know advance in the playoffs. And that that half that they're on is easier. They don't have to see us till the Eastern Conference Finals either. Us where or they'll get beat if they do. Florida's impressive. Yeah, and Colorado at some point, but the problem is that they've got that kind of thing now. The stigma, they're like they're just going to be awesome in the regular season and a joke. I just wanted to get a, get a sense of that as we went to break. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with us, Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.